The Women in Gridiron show is a production of Mojo Sports in partnership with the Women's Gridiron Leagues of Australia. Welcome to the Women in Gridiron podcast brought to you by Mojo Sports. I am your host, Stacey Spear, and today we are kicking off our very first episode for the season for 2023, and what a way to do it with the highly anticipated return of the Women's State of Origin Gridiron since 2016. I'm joined tonight by the best in the business, Alex Barker and Red Hahn. Golly, it's been a minute. How the bloody hell are you both? Yeah, good. Just excited to see these these games play out, especially for this weekend with the first one. I think it's going to be fun to see these both sides compete against each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we've it feels like a lifetime since we've had footy. It's only been a couple of months. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, Stace, we're not really used to being on this side of a state campaign. So it's going to be interesting to see. We're, I feel like an outsider. Totally. I completely agree. Like it's been really hard to see all of the posts and everything and not be able to get involved because obviously, you know, Red and I both suffering from broken legs, um, which has ruled us out for the state campaign, which is really disappointing. But for the first time in five years, the best female footballers from New South Wales and Queensland will come head to head in what is sure to be an epic battle on the field. Game one is set to take place this Saturday, May 6th, and everyone is super excited. Red, seeing uh, football back on a national stage since 2018 is amazing. How important to the sport do you think that this series of, of representative football is? Oh, I think it's pretty damn important. I think you can see that we didn't have state for a while and we lost like multiple competitions throughout the league. I think there was a a carrot for people to chase. It's all well and good to have social football there for people, but we really missed that um, next level. And you can tell that we we lost people to other sports in that uh, process. And we also just lost entire leagues. They just dropped off. Yeah, completely decimated, you know, and it just shows how important that pathway is. I mean, it's resulted in a whole bunch of girls, like including yourself going over and getting that next level experience from over in the States, which means that they are not available for, uh, you know, for these state campaigns, which again is a huge shame when you've got the talent that's gone over there as well. Alex, you're still a little bit of a youngin in the football world, having played two seasons now. (laughs) What are you looking forward to most during this state matchup? Um, I think it's going to be fun to see, like, be off the field. This is the first time I'll actually get to watch football kind of since since playing where I'm not, you know, playing at all. I'm not involved in any way, shape or form. I'm literally just a spectator. So I'm kind of excited for that part because I think it's with the teams they have and the players I have on each side, I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. And it's going to be really cool to see how these Queensland girls come out with some of these girls not having played, you know, uh, I guess a, a, a gridiron league for for some time now because of whatever reason. Um, so I think they're going to come out guns blazing and with something to to definitely fight for because you know I haven't talked to a couple of them. They are really gunning to get back and play some football and hit somebody. So I think that's going to be really fun to see watching a team be able to to play like that. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, and Reb, we were talking about it before. National tournaments are an amazing are an amazing experience for bringing together the entire league. You know, all different players from all different teams, new coaches, and it kind of ends up being this really special bonding experience, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I think the biggest one. I wasn't a super fan of when we went and did the the whole week in 2018, which was the last one. I was like, nah, like, come on, people have got jobs, people have got kids, all that sort of stuff. I actually am a convert. We've gone back to the fly in, fly out this year, but I genuinely think that that was when our league in New South Wales, especially, got really, really close. It was in that one week. And I think we owe a lot of um, the bonds that everyone still has throughout the league to that week, like that week specifically. Um, so I'd love to see it go back there one day, but I think um, any football's good football at the moment. Hundred percent. I like aside from the birth of my two children, I would consider that and the outback experiences as the best moments of my entire life. So yeah, fly in, fly out. Um serves a purpose for sure. Uh it's quite taxing on the body, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, uh spending the most amount of time living, breathing football is the best you can hope for as a footballer. It's a dream. Right. Let's get straight into this. I really want to look at kind of each unit briefly and then kind of look at it as a whole. So let's kind of start with the New South Wales offense as an overview perspective. Alex, this is an offense that we haven't seen come together before, obviously, because it's it's the first state. And, there, and there's a couple of interesting pieces in here. We've not only got, uh, you know, players from New South Wales, we've got ACT and we've picked up some Victorian players as well who played with us last season, plus a couple of extras. Um, so that's really exciting. What do you make of the New South Wales offense? Um, it's an eclectic mix of people, I would say, as far as talent and, and ability. Um, I think it, sometimes when you look at an offense, you can go, okay, they're really strong here, like in one specific spot. Whereas I think this offense has quite a few moving pieces that make it uh a difficult one to maybe prep for in the fact that there's so many different schemes that they can kind of run. There's, you know, there's different opportunities based on different players and different roles and, and kind of how they want to run that. Um, definitely with their depth in the quarterback room, I think that's going to help them a, a lot and being able to be sneaky in what they run um, and be able to kind of be harder to defend sometimes. Just when you think you might have it figured out, they might switch it up switch it in with a couple of different players and, and change it up completely. So I think that's going to make them kind of stand out a little bit, um, probably more so than we've seen in the past. Red, notoriously, New South Wales has been bad on offense at State. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking out of turn because we've been beaten by Queensland before multiple, multiple times, 50 nil. Um, that did improve towards, you know, 2016. We've got our first points on the board. Uh, we've got points on the board and then 2018 we've got points on the board as well do you think that the addition of these you know the Victorian and the ACT players like you know Danny DeGroote at quarterback from ACT plus with Jordan from Victoria who played against who played with each other this season how do you think that's going to increase our chances of potentially putting a few more points on the board yeah no I think it's definitely going to help we haven't really had a solid um, quarterback before really do you know what I mean like we've had when we did we had I think we had Nikki and she was that was very early stages so that was in the infancy of Britain New South Wales um we had Jody as well who who was just coming and she was just sort of starting playing quarterback um and then 
2018. Alia. Oh, we mentioned Alia. Great again, Alia was like pretty brand new. Um, so like it, it, we've never had someone come in with so much experience as Danny is about to do. And I think what we've seen from Queensland is that they've always had that experience. Um, so it, it'll be nice to, to sort of have someone be able to lead the team, not saying that anyone didn't lead the team well before or anything like that. It's just purely the experience piece that I think is going to add so much depth. And Danny, having played in our league last year, it means she's actually got a bit of an eye in for a lot of these girls that she's going to be playing with now. So it's not just this random quarterback coming in from Canberra. She's part of our league. She is part of the Gridani South Wales League. has been for years, you know. Stalwart. That's it. She's sort of, yeah, she's she's been um, in and out essentially uh, with stints overseas and stuff like that. So just having someone so, I think she's going to be the biggest draw card for me personally. Um, and then Demizio is Demizio. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really, you really don't have much, that's all you really need to say. Uh, you know, <laughs> MVP, uh, you know, New South Wales, uh, all those sorts of things, making big plays, making many, many of the top 10 highlights uh, that we've been running on social media pages. You can just see that she's just phenomenal. But in relation to that as well, you know, she is backed by a pretty good supporting cast, you know, from from a wide receiver standpoint. You know, we're bringing up Chrissy Turner, uh, who, again, has played some receiver. She's super quick. You know, she understands both sides of the ball um, from her experience at Outback at DB. And then we've got Emma. Uh, Emma Lawton from the Lions, and I, I tell you, I would, I would follow that girl into a fire. She is just one of the best blocking tight ends um, that I've ever played with, and she's. I feel like she's really underrated. We don't talk about her much because, um, let's be honest, she doesn't score a lot of points, but she's an integral part of the process to getting into those scoring positions. Um, and then on the other side of her as well, you know, we've got um, Tamika Sutton from the Rebels <laughs> as a tight end. And for me, she's got the most ideal stature for tight end. She's tall, she's big, she's lanky, um, and she's got pretty good hands. So I think, you know, in terms of looking at the offense this year, I think we have good players in the skill positions, like great players in the skill, skill positions. Not that we haven't had good players there before, but they are excellent players in these skill positions, which is something we've never really had. But Red, talk to me about this O-line. Uh, you know, we've got Kira Boots, we've got Danielle Stosic, we've got Emma Aretta, we've got Rupalu, and we've got Emily Binney. You know, this engine room, I think, is one of the most experienced that we've had in terms of like outback level play. Having Danny on board um, is really going to help that O-line. But how do you think that they're going to go uh, being able to create those opportunities for Danny and for the running backs to get some action? I this is probably I yeah I, I don't really know um, I've never seen many of these girls play together before so I think it really comes down to their lead up and their training camp um, whether they mesh as an O line I think chemistry is the biggest thing in O line so if they've been able to come together um, it's, there's not a lot of depth there either either <laughs> so I think the talent is definitely there um, I I really hope they've just had a really good lead up. Um, and can really sort of work together as a unit. Um, it'll be interesting to see who the leader is in that group too. You've always got sort of a, a leader in the O-line. And um, like I know, like Ducky's the amazing talent um, and she she will step up into that role. But I wonder whether it's going to be one of the, the New South Wales girls as well. I know Emma is usually a leader in her team. 
Um, Kira's obviously got all of the experience with Outback and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see who sort of takes the lead there too. 100%. Uh, definitely. And, you know, Danny is, uh, Ducky is such an interesting uh, player, you know, having played for so many years in men's and juniors and gone to Outback and gone overseas, like she's easily one of the most experienced O-linemen that we have in the entire country. And, you know, she uses her size to her advantage. Like she's agile, she's tough to block because she knows what you're about to do before you're about to do it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her and Kira, you know, really getting together and, you know, forming such a, a good wall for some of these running backs to try and get some penetration out there. So that's what I'm really excited about. The other thing too is, you know, Chrissy Osborne's going to be on the line, uh, you know, every yeah. now and then too. So, you know, she's got huge O-line experience. Um, and so she's going to really, really help. I think in terms you- of, yeah, go right If we look back at 2018, we took three O-linemen. And granted, they were some of some incredible O-linemen that we took, but we didn't have a single sub for the entire week-long tournament. So Haley, Rose and Tashan, they played like nearly every single rep. I think Ree Lehman jumped in a couple of times just to give them a break, like if someone had a sore knee or something like that. But they only ever got like three snaps off and they were back on there again. So um it would be nice just to have some some subs 100 <laughs> percent, and that yeah that's exactly what I was going to say because I mean not having depth on the o-line is it, it it's really taxing on the body uh you know the d-line go 100 percent, the o-line have to go 100 percent. there is no easy plays you know everything is hard um so I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch I'm going to flip this over and we're going to look at the Queensland defense now, right? Because I think that there's there's some interesting matchups that we're going to look at here, um, you know, in terms of how they're going to match up against some of our offensive players. And I think, Alex, looking at the Queensland defense, uh, what's the feel for this? Like, like you said earlier, you know, the Queensland girls haven't played. Some of them haven't played, you know, club in two to three years. Um, there is a high majority of outback players, you know, on on this team in general. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of this defense? I think you've got a very athletic defense on the Queensland side, and quite. You know, you've got a lot of players that are experienced there, um, whether they've played a couple games, whether they've played outback or whether they've been in the kind of around the Queensland like uh, football kind of area for a while. Um, so I think there's some, some key players that are like going to be true leaders on that defense that will be able to kind of help maybe the rookies through a little bit. But I do think you're going to have a very quick defense. I think you got a very athletic defense and it just – I think they're just going to hit hard because they're just going to want to hit somebody. <laughs> and like I said earlier, when you haven't been able to play football for a while or you've, you know, been ramping up for the league to start and it gets canceled, there's just a sense of like, I just want to get out there. And, and you kind of have a, a chip on your shoulder, if you will, to prove that the league should still be going through. They should still be having games. They should still be having a comp in Queensland. So I think you're going to see that from a lot of these players defensively. I just, I think they're going to be quick. They're going to be athletic and they're going to be hard hitting. And I think that's going to be fun to watch. Definitely. Red, if we're looking at, uh, you know, at the linebacker unit from the Queensland Sun Devils, right? So we've got Ella Briscoe, excellent linebacker, convert from quarterback at a, I, I don't can't see her playing any other position aside from linebacker, so I don't know how she ended up a quarterback, but that's okay. Um, but she's deceptively fast. 
Like she chased down Teresa Eldama in 2018 for like a 50-yard run. Closing speed, deceptively fast. Second gear, can't really stop her. Tiny little steps. And somehow she does 16 times the speed of everybody else. (laughs) It's insane. (laughs) And then you've got, you know, on the other side, you've got Brandy Klukas, you know, like massive leader, you know, for for the Queensland, uh, Queensland team. You know, she hits hard has a super high football IQ and she's really good at reading offensive keys. You know, she she lays the boom, that's for sure. Yeah, I think Brandy is one of my favourite players in Australia just because she brings so much. She's been playing rugby for 20 years, do you know what I mean? Like she just brings so much uh, no bullshit to the game, which I really, really love, and people just feed off that. So if you're in, if you're on the defence with Brandy, like, you know you're going. Like we're going in and we're going in hard. So I'm really excited for her to get a chance to play again as well. I know she had a couple of injuries at Outback. Um, so that kind of sort of, you know, that's hard when you get all the way over there. And I can speak from experience that you get some injuries and that holds you back. So I know she would be so stoked to be actually playing some football now. And I think what's great about it is, you know, the transfer of experience, like like Alex said, you know, these girls like so Ella and and Brandy and the vets that they've got on this defense, you know, they've got rookies that have just like graduated up from like cults, you know, they're super young, mm. 16. So having, being able to say one day I played alongside Brandy Klukas or I played alongside Ella Briscoe for some of these rookie plays is going to be such a, a life-changing football experience for them, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think you can get any better experience than jumping on board as a young'un with people like that. Um, we didn't have that necessarily when we started. Nobody was experienced. We had to sort of become that. So I would have killed for a brandy in my team when I was 20 starting out at football. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. You know, just reminiscing about, you know, the 10 years that was, you know, looking back at some of that footage and God, we were horrible. Like we were bad football players. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't tackle. We couldn't do anything really. Um, and we've come so far. So that's really nice. Um, looking at their defensive back unit, I really want to have a talk about Dania Herdman because she made some of the most clutch tackles at Outback against some amazing wide receivers. And I really think that she's going to be kind of that one to watch in the secondary combined with, you know, Chrissy Torres, who's got quarterback knowledge um, moving over to DB this year, who's also super fast. I think their defensive back unit, even though they have um, a couple of rookies in there uh, in Kiralee and Princess, um, I think that they're going to be a really strong unit, but I think it could yield some mixed results. Yeah, I, ca- I can't say I know too much about these this unit, to be honest. I obviously know Chrissy. Um, Chrissy has gone away. She's one of three players from Queensland that have gone away and had babies and come back. Um, so I just like I think that's just the coolest part, and I'll never stop saying this, just the coolest part of women's sport that you can go through something like that. And just come back and play at a top level again. Like it's just, it blows my mind how cool that is. Um, so yeah, Chrissy coming back, I think it's awesome. She brings so much experience to that group. I'm interested to see the rest of them, to be honest, because like DB is one of the hardest positions to play. It takes so much technical knowledge, all that sort of stuff. So it'd be interesting to see now that, you know, we've got some real contender receivers on New South Wales to, to test them. True, true. 
I feel like the DBs from past years of Queensland Sun Devils have kind of had it easy. Uh, so I'm <laughs> excited, really excited to see how this plays out. I wanted to just mention really quickly, uh, you know, return of Lon Tullet, you know, number 52, the number 52 for mm. Queensland, the number 52, um, an amazing player. And we've had the privilege of playing with and against her uh, over her experienced uh, time in the league. Uh, I think that she's going to be a real leader for that defensive line unit. They've got a whole bunch of, uh, like, not rookies, I don't think, but I don't think they've played as much as um, as Lon has, that's for sure. What do you think that Lon's going to take into that engine room to try and get these girls fired up? I don't think they'll have a choice but to get fired up. <laughs> I don't think Lon will let them bring anything but 116 million percent. Um, very much similar to Brandy. She will make you bring your A game. Otherwise, sit your little bum on the sideline until you're ready. <laughs> I feel like that will very much be the attitude. Um, she'll be bringing the best out of those girls for sure. She'll be psyching them up. Definitely. And then also in that defensive line unit, you know, you've got Letitia Sinapati who, uh, you know, she comes from one of the the legendary football families of Gridiron Queensland. I'm fairly certain everyone she's related to plays in Gridiron Queensland. So it's going to be really interesting uh, to watch her. I believe it's going to be her debut um, coming up and seeing how she fares with that. All right, let's flip straight over to the other sides of the ball. Let's have a look at this Queensland offense. Now, my goodness, I don't know if anyone else is, is as excited about the return of Kestra Triasmono slash knee Bessie. I don't know if I'll ever get comfortable saying, you know, the new, the, the married names of some of these players. Like, But I'm so bloody excited to see Kestra back on the field, you know, talking about that going away, having a baby, uh, you know, we had Kestra and Chrissy on the show last year to talk about the return to football post baby. I am so excited to see if she's still just as fast and is still just as amazing as she always has been. Red, what are your thoughts? Oh uh, yeah. Kestra's Kestra. I think she's always been an athlete. This isn't her first baby either. So I think that she will, you know, you never want to say that becoming a, like or, or having a child is easy, but I, she makes it look easy <laughs> the way she runs around a football uh, football field afterwards. So, or even I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I have all faith that Kestra will be Kestra. Absolutely. I think, Alex, in terms of this Queensland offense, what are we looking at here? Because you know, on our little spreadsheet that we're working off, I'm seeing a whole bunch of of stars that indicate that some of these players have played outback, um, and and that's that's quite a large number of them. Uh, how do you think? I mean, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, I think out of their entire kind of offense and their wide receivers, tight ends, and their running backs, I think there's maybe two that haven't played outback. The rest kind of have that outback experience. So I think that's that's. That's insane to kind of have to have that many players with that much experience. I know there's quite a few on New South Wales team as well, but to have that many offensive players in one kind of on joint team, having that much experience is great. I mean, I think, you know, with Cody as a, as a wide receiver, I think that's a great one for Queensland and something that New South Wales should, should watch out for. Um, but then also you've got Christy Moran in that running back room as well, someone else to watch out for. So I think this offense is, is quite dynamic in the fact that they can, They've got players that can catch and they've got players that can run. So they can, and that's such, as we know, as players, that's such a hard kind of team to kind of defend because once you kind of 
adjust to the run game. Then they open up with the pass game and then you got to adjust to that. And then they bring it back to the run game. So I think they're going to be very smart with how they use a lot of these players. Um, you know, Riley again is also another receiver who's, who's been good for, for the outback team as well. Marissa is also back in that receiver spot, which is good to see considering she played, uh, I think it was D line for outback. Um, so again, just a ton of experience. I think is going to be really exciting to watch. Red, I know that, you know, Riley is one of, you know, one of your favorite receiver, you know, you think that mm-hmm. she's pretty underrated and, you know, I think, I think she was too, until, you know, we started going through those highlights and, and, you know, that, that fadeaway two point conversion that she had that we posted up, you know, just proved how much of an athlete that she actually is. But again, she just, I think she goes unmentioned a lot in conversation. I think the other thing to remember is, well, because she dominated 2018 nationals, she absolutely burnt people left, right, and center. Like she was insane, and and not even on the time she was making a catch. Do you know what I mean? There were so many times you'd just see her getting open. She was coming off the back of an ACL reconstruction, so like that's her being dominant off an injury. <laughs> so I think Riley is. If you can get her the ball, I think she's super dangerous. She's great with her hands. Um, I think as well, it's so funny for like a lot of people in the league over the last year or two think of Marissa Hayes as a D lineman. I can never not think of her as a wide receiver. I just think she's one of the best blocking wide receivers we've ever had in the game. She's just so good. She's so, um, she's just so like reliable and she just really likes doing the dirty work. And I think that that's why like Dane was her outback receiver coach and he just loved her because she would just do what was asked. She would do all the dirty work and she was never, um, never never necessarily ball hungry, if that makes sense. She was happy doing the teamwork. So, yeah, I think um, it's always so funny whenever I hear it because <laughs> a lot of people think of her as a defensive player now like, and, and that just shows how good she is. And I guess that's just, you know, some of the evolutions of the players that we've seen come through in the last 10 years. It's been really fascinating to see how they end up. I also wanted to kind of mention, you know, it's the return of Grace Power. Uh, you know, had a great, great uh, outback campaign. It's been down in mm-hmm. Melbourne for a bit. Uh, again, has just come back from a baby. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. going to be super keen to see her back in action again. You know, combined with, you know, the wide receiver room of Cody Fuller, Marissa Hayes, Riley Hodgson, um, a rookie, J.M. McRobb, uh, who's come up from uh, juniors in the uh, the Colts League up in Queensland, along with Dylan Palmer and Grace Power. You've got one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> You've got five out of six. With outback experience right there, and you've got a quarterback that can throw the ball in Amanda Housen slash Ewers, um, who has such a huge amount of experience, and she's such a danger from a throwing perspective, from an arm perspective, and her scramble ability, you know, and she's just got the chemistry with some of these wide receivers, and and I'm I'm hoping to see some really amazing catches out there. Yeah, I look. Stacey, we're going to be commentating on the weekend and you're not going to hear me shut up about Amanda. <laughs> I think Disclaimer every, for everybody. Yeah, just everybody get ready. I love her. Amanda's one of my favourite people. She's one of the most dedicated people in the whole sport. Um, I can't wait to see her out there playing quarterback. She's the lone quarterback on the roster at the moment that we, that we can see. We know, obviously, Cody can play some quarterback if needed and things like that, um, which, I yeah. I just, I, I'm hoping it's going to be, look, New South Wales, I love you, but I also hope it's going to be the Amanda show. <laughs> I think what goes in, you know, Alex and I, we've been chatting offline, uh, you know, about the depth chart and things like that. And, you know, Alex, you were talking, I said, is it a problem that Queensland only have 
one quarterback. And you're like, well, look at their O-line. I mean, if the O-line can protect her, you know, what's what's the issue there? And I think you've got a pretty valid point, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you've got experienced O-line there as well. You've got some depth in their O-line. So if people need a break, there's people to jump in there. But I do think that they're just going to be a well-drilled oil machine as far as kind of, you know, the 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 type of play that Queensland produces. And I think we're going to see a, a line that's going to be able to protect her. Um, and I think she's going to not be as kind of as much under pressure as maybe the New South Wales side might be, I think, just because that O-line for New South Wales is a little bit different. And the fact that, you know, those players haven't really played together as much maybe as probably the O-line for Queensland. So I just think when you have one quarterback in a line that you know that's going to protect her, you don't need a whole lot of depth. But as we do know through this kind of whole lineup, we can see that there are players that need to step in if they need to. They can do some crazy stuff if they want to with other players that can, you know, throw the ball. So I don't think it's something they need to really be worried about, clearly, as they only have one kind of listed as a quarterback. I don't think we have got much of a choice but to talk about, Amanda. So, Red, I think you're pretty covered uh, for commentary yeah. for the weekend. But looking at looking at this O-line room, you know, you know, this unit, it's it's a return of Sarah Kane. Sarah Kane. I'm so I'm so excited to see her back on the field alongside Tanil Nering and Anna uh, Hannah Wiles. Uh, I think that they're going to be uh, a strong, strong unit. And Sarah Kane just takes no bullshit from nobody. You know, the, along with Alex Irons, of course, who's played down in New South Wales this previous season. What's yours? I mean, uh, Red, you've played with, you know, and trained with a whole bunch of these girls at Outback. You know, is Alex true in saying that their cohesion is going to be one of their biz- biggest strengths? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Look, I like Sarah Kane because I was in the, the O-line group at, at Outback and Sarah Kane's just one of my favourite people in the world. I keep saying this about all these stupid Queenslanders, but um, I just I just love Sarah she's just so much fun she's like great vibes on the field as well and she's just really tough um I think Alex I haven't played with Alex I've only she's only come on my radar as as of last year um but she gives me sort of similar vibes in that like just just ready to get her hands dirty type vibe like you see all Alex's lifting videos and this is like coming back coming off injuries and stuff like that and she's she's strong as F-U-C-K. So. <laughs> so am I allowed to swear on here? Um, so. <laughs> Might lose our, our G rating, but that's okay for this episode. It's yeah, passion. Yeah, well, it's passion. That's enough, all it is. If they're old enough to spell it, they can hear it. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that they're going to do really well. There's a lot of experience there. Um, Tanil's coming back. Obviously, Sarah's coming back. So, yeah, look, I think Queensland have always had the benefit of having a really dedicated line I think other states haven't always had a lot of people to really dig their heels in and own that position and Queensland they've always worn it like a a badge of honor uh, as they should so I think they've always had pride in that position there and it pays off when it comes to nationals and look I don't think that we could go through a Queensland offense without talking about the running back room I mean we do have the one the only Christy Moran, uh, you know, I'm sick of talking about her. I know, right? I know. <laughs> you get it too big of a head. Um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, again, on our little working spreadsheet that we've got here, it's like, you know, what are the strengths and the weaknesses? And we've just got Moran, uh, period. And and I think that that's I think that that's pretty relevant because we've seen the damage that Christy can do at a national level. You know, 
we put so many highlights up uh, over the last little while um, of some of Christie's runs, and there is just so many more. Uh, after watching so much film over the last little while, I've and playing with Christie last season, like it, it goes to show that she is leaps and bounds above any running back in this country. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, she will be, uh, you know, a Women's Hall of Fame nominee at some point uh, after her career is over. But backing up, Christy, you've also got, again, you've got Kestra Triasmono, who is, you know, one of the most dangerous players that you're ever going to face and does special teams as well. Her ability to have such amazing body control and patience to be able mm. to cut at that last second. Like we all saw, you know, today that this play from Kestra where she put the entire New South Wales defense on skates. That she does that almost every single play. You know, it was just that yeah. happened that this this play was just extra special because she's just thrown, you know, a whole heap of our players out the one way. Um, she's going to be hectic to keep an eye on, and yeah, a bit of, and such a struggle for you know the New South Wales linebackers. Yeah, it'll it'll be. I hope everyone straps their ankles um, <laughs> because <laughs> you don't need it. They're going to be plenty uh, splattered all over the field. Ankles, yeah. Are big. Yeah, no, I, I think like it's it's so obvious. I I hate that I'm fangirling Queensland so much, but there's just so many. Like you said, you see the stars all over the roster. They're just incredible, and like Christy and Kestra are literally some of the best players that have ever come out of Australian women's football. Um, you know, we like it's it's just such a blessing that we get to watch them play again. It's just so awesome. It is. You're right. You've put that completely poignantly. It is such a blessing. Uh, and I encourage anyone who has not watched to watch because you will see what we are talking about. Let's flip this over to our final unit, which is the New South Wales Coyotes defense. Now, this is an interesting defense. Alex, I want to hear your take on it first. Um, I would love to see way more depth in the defensive line, but we'll touch on that, I'm sure, a little bit later. Interesting thing about this defense is there's a ton of experience in the fact that a lot of this defensive core has played on the same team for the last couple of years. Like as far as that we have the Rebels kind of defensive core, if you will, kind of playing for New South Wales. And I think that's going to be a huge benefit to this defense as far as experience. Now, where it might shift over is depending on the experience on these players as far as if they play a zone. I know a lot of these players are familiar with kind of that man defense, but if they do play a zone, it'll be interesting to see how they've they've adjusted their defensive styles to that. Um, And if the training uh, comes off as far as this team being able to gel. But again, this is a defensive team that has a lot of experience experience um and i think it's going to be really led by frenchie i think her being a captain and her being in the position that that she's in for this team i think is going to be a huge benefit back there for the defensive side and she's really going to be able to lead it because she's such a smart player and the fact that she has so much patience she can read the play in front of her so well but she's still so quick off the mark um and she just hits hard as Stacey and I know, she's she's hit she's definitely hit me a couple times and it hurts to get up. So um, she's definitely a, a solid player to be back there and definitely a solid player to be leading this defense, which is experience in itself, but has a lot of experience playing together, which is sometimes rare for for these types of state tournaments. Definitely, and I th- but I also think that Frenchie moving to that you know that that safety position because we're we're used to her playing that linebacker position, and like you said, she is so quick off the mark. I think her moving over to safety is going to be a really interesting transition because, like you said, that her key her you know her key attribute there is her patience, and you need to have 
patients as a safety, especially if you're waiting for, you know, that second route to come over top or come underneath and, and you've got all eyes, they're going to have all eyes on Cody and then they've got to watch out for, you know, for the other receivers, they've got to watch out for Marissa, they've got to watch out for Riley. So, you know, Frenchie's going to be split a couple of different ways. Um, so I'm interested to see how that translates from the linebacker position. Red, what do you make of this New South Wales defense? I I'm interested to see how it blends. Um, we've obviously got like a lot of talent in there, but I'm really interested to see how it works together. I think that um I am used to seeing a lot of these Queensland girls together. And I think with New South Wales, we've got a really like this is a, a second generation really of New South Wales team. Like this is very different roster to what we've ever had before. Um, so even though obviously Queensland's taken a break for a little while, I still am used to seeing a lot of those names next to each other. Um, I'm not so used to seeing a lot of these people playing together, but you've got the physical size, like you've got Dale, Mary and Judy, who are like the physical, you know what I mean? Like when you look at a D lineman, you want to see Mary and Dale, right? Like, no, or, <laughs> you wanna... or if you're on the offense, you don't want to see Mary. No, it depends what yeah. side of the ball you're on there. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, yeah. Um, you've got, who have we got here? Beck Gordon, super experienced, super, super quick. Um, obviously Frenchie, I think that with the receivers and with, when you've got Amanda and the receivers that Queensland have, I think it's such a smart move. You've got to keep Frenchie back there. Um, let the bigger bodies do something in the box with linebacker and let Frenchie and her experience try and pick apart those receivers back there. Uh, because she is so quick off the mark, she can cover those quick receivers, which will be great just over the top when she's got that advantage. Uh, she's playing She's playing safety, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the linebacker is such a mix, mixed bag. I know. I, such a, I, I find this linebacker unit Ooh. fascinating. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be great. Like Beck is so freaking smart. I think she's great. Another returnee from the baby room. Well, yes, um, baby room, yes, but also, fun fact, Bex actually, she's been in the game for almost as long as we have and has never played yeah. state due to her four ACL reconstructions oh, okay. and having she's a got, baby. Knees now, though. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, but I'm really excited to see her strap on strap on the blue uh, uniform and take the field this time finally uh, after so many years of watching us do it uh, and just being jealous out there. But also I think having, you know, Ashley Powell from the Raiders, you know, uh, she's a definitely an up-and-comer. You know, she's been around for a while, but she's getting some really good training uh, over at you guys with the Raiders and, and she's come a long way. She's wearing the number seven, so I'm a little bit uh, biased towards that. I'm, I'm planning to get that back at some point, Ash, just an FYI. Um, and then having Brooke Mugridge, you know, Muggo, you know, a lot of D-line experience but now move back into that linebacker box. And I think what you said about swapping out, you know, those littler bodies for those bigger bodies, I think Muggo is definitely a key to that. Yeah, absolutely. She's got league experience and things like that. I think as well, uh, BK in at linebacker, it's someone who's like just so smart in the game. We see someone who has spent so much time playing running back. Um, I think you can see that she's going to be out of field those gaps like especially in middle I, I don't know where we're going to see her in linebacker but I would love to see it in middle because I think she's just going to hit those holes so well um and she just throws her body into it for someone who's been playing running back the whole time because you know last year everybody struggled with numbers and things like that she jumped in for us no worries and she had the best time 
Um, so I'm so excited to see her actually put her mind to that um, and really put all of her effort into it because she's a gun at whatever she puts herself to. Hey, look, I, I, I definitely hats off to BK. You know, there was, you know, when I saw her on defense, uh, you know, I think it was like the first game of the season or early game in the season and, and her tackle technique wasn't a hundred percent, but that said she tackled the crap out of me. And I was like, I got up <laughs> and I'm like, damn, like, when did you learn how to tackle? And yeah. ouch, first of all, yeah. so hats off to BK. That progression is evident on the field. So you should be really, really proud about that as well. And I also think this, uh, you know, Riley McKay from the Rebels, uh, you know, she, one there, I think it was the Rookie of the Year or, or some sort of MVP award. Um, you know, she was always someone to watch out for on that Rebels defense. You know, great tackler. I think she's an NRLW player. Um, and I think we can expect some big hits coming out of her from a rookie perspective. Yeah, she's definitely of this group. Like, she stands out to me as, like, the athlete. Like, she's that one who's going to be chasing people down. She's going to be getting in the backfield really early. Um, she's... I, I noticed her as soon as she joined the Rebels. I can tell you that much. Everybody was asking who 44 was. Um, I think she's probably similar to, um, in a different sense, but similar to BK when they like, you know, w- when their will is really high, that's sometimes all you need in the women's game. Like the skill will get there if their will is really high. If they're willing to go in really, really hard, you can work with that. That's sort of like the first step. I always tell people that intensity is 50% of our game. You can be as good as you want technically, but if you don't have that intensity, you can never be great. So I think that she's like that. She just goes, even though she's so new to the game, um, she puts herself in good positions because she doesn't hesitate, which is great. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I still teach that to, you know, my little AFL girls that I'm coaching this season. I say, you got to, don't go 100%, you're going to get hurt, you know, and I think that that's, that's a big portion of it as well. It's such a mental game, uh, definitely. Just to round out this defensive back unit, I know we've spoken about Frenchie before, um, <clears throat> you know, joined by Beck Gordon, who's just come back from an outback campaign. She's a bit of a free agent at the moment. She hasn't really um, been around the club scene too much, but, you know, she's super fast. Um, she gets a hold of the ball. She's taken it back for six. Um, in terms of their unit, it is quite like it's a rookie unit. And for me, like if we're looking at this game holistically, I think that this defensively, I think the secondary is is kind of where we're going to have our issues because we've got such high caliber receivers. They're going to be playing against some of these rookies who have never seen receivers like this before. Um, so I think that that's kind of going to be a leveler uh, on both sides of the ball. But that's going to be an interesting one. That's for sure. Overall, this game, this series is going to be bloody amazing. Um, and I just want to just touch really quickly on a couple of key player matchups that I really want to keep an eye on. Uh, for me, I'm going to be looking at Ewers v Frenchie. Um, so I'm going to see how that's going to go. You know, Queensland quarterback versus Frenchie. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, Danny versus Dania. Uh, again, quarterback v safety. Uh, it's, it's it's more important in the nine aside game than it is in the seven aside game because you do have to use a lot of that. Uh, you know, throw the safety with your eyes, look one way, throw another. It's, it's it's more complicated, and the ability to manipulate the safety from a quarterback perspective in nine man is a lot different from seven aside. Um, so that's going to be an interesting just one. Just jumping in, I thought my mind just went straight to Ducky versus Dania, and I was like, oh. Why, why are they together? Now that's a matchup. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that would come up to Ducky's knee. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be fun for her. 
Uh, definitely. <laughs> Sarah Kane v. Mary. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a fun little battle. Like there's going to be bodies hitting the floor yeah. every second. Yeah. Um, so O-line v. D-line. And then, you know, um, the New South Wales linebackers versus Moran is going to be <laughs> to watch. And I say all of them because all of them will get the chance to try and tackle her at some point, whether they mm-hmm. do or not is a different question. Red, I know we've spoken and Alex was spoken in the past about how much of a difference special teams makes to a game. And obviously knowing that, you know, the lead into this hasn't been as long as we would have liked. Um, you know, each team has struggled with, you know, attendance at training due to, you know, COVID. I know COVID hit, you know, both sides, I think, hard at some point over this last couple of weeks. What do they need to do on special teams, Red, to be able to be that? Like if it comes down to you know, we're all tied up. There's two minutes to go. Someone's just scored. Someone's on, on you know, kickoff and kick return. What needs to happen in order to make this, you know, really, really special? Um, I think you just need to keep it really simple, especially from New South Wales perspective. Um, I think we've, we've done tricky before and it's worked. It has definitely worked. Um, but I think that special teams, notor- notoriously New South Wales, in from a club perspective, throughout the season, there's not a lot of focus on it. Um, I would be surprised on either side of the ball if any, there's any kicking for goals or anything like that. But I think just keeping it simple, um, making sure, I, I feel like usually you get a lot of your sort of rookies on in special teams and things like that. But I feel like it's such a messy part of the game that I like experienced players on special teams because people get hurt unless you have people out there knowing what, what they're doing um it's just such a messy part of the game so yeah for me it would be keeping experienced people on the field for special teams and trying to turn it into something rather than just going for six yard gains yep very true very true you know they say that you have to be crazy to play special teams uh and they are definitely right alex i think like just the kicker like, is the kicker going to be important? Like, yes, the kicker is important because kickers are people too. But in terms of the women's league, I mean, I don't think we know really who's going to be kicking, but do you think we're going to see some onside kicks? Do you think we're going to see anything like tricky, tricky? I don't know if we're going to see anything as far as an onside kick. I think that's kind of, if they if they really need to pull it out of the bag, I will say this, I think you will see a a score off special teams. I mean, we've seen it in the New South Wales League alone when we've played games that a lot of scoring has happened off special teams with the players. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first way Queensland actually score if it's off special teams. Um, that's going to be my little, you know, bit out there. Um, Put your money on this. Yeah, so I got, I think kicking as far as I'm concerned is not a big one because we don't really kick field goals and I think we kind of use kickers to kind of just get the ball as far down the field as we can sometimes um to give ourselves a little bit of a breather so I I interesting to see how they use special teams but I do see Queensland scoring on their special teams can I just say something I just had a little flashback to um the greatest moment of my career last year when Christy Turner I was in the front line never usually there I'm usually in the second line in front line I'm standing there and I just told the girls like if she kicks it to you, fall on it. Like if you're in the front, you're not returning it, just fall on it. My dumbass, she kicks it straight at me, boots it straight at me, and then I just tried to catch it. it came straight off my chest, they recovered it. So um, I just had a flashback when you were saying that onside kicks. I was like, oh, no. 
<laughs> that's good advice. Him. If you're front line, dive on it. Yeah, simple because Christy Turner can kill you with the ball. So, I mean, you know, New South in 2018, we were, you know, we were kind of that onside kick specialist kind of team. You know, we had those good gunners. We had, you know, Josie, who was a great kicker who could could do a good onside kick, uh, you know, and was a high, pretty, a pretty high chance of returning that. But I, I mean, I have to go with Alex at this. I mean, if they're going to have Kestra in the backfield on special teams, like, damn, like we've seen her just burn people. We've seen Jordan burn people. Like in an ideal world, this game comes to like, we're going to go into score predictions next, but, but in a perfect game, if this comes down to like a 21 all draw, like, like that return it's going to be epic, you know, whichever side that it come from. And I think it could be come from, it could come from either side because Jordan's done it a million mm-hmm. times this season. Kestra's done it, you know, a million times. So I, I think that it could be the greatest leveler. Uh, and I'm a big fan of keeping it simple, 100%. That's right. True. It's time for the pointy end of the podcast, this score predictions, the most contentious part of the whole podcast majority um alex we're gonna go with you because that's where people like to put their money where are people putting their money this week alex what's happening (laughs) um look i i love the queensland team i really do i just think there's so many gun players on there i think the new south wales teams has its strengths to be quite good as well i do think they need a game under their belt though so if, as far as I'm concerned, this is a game where Queens, uh, New South Wales can look at it and go, yep, we need to fix this, this, and this. And I think they'll be much better second and, and, and third game. Um, but for me, I see New South Wales scoring one and then Queensland winning by at least four. So I'm going to go, what, five to... You know, what are you talking about, five? There is no five. Six, sorry, six. six. Know, five, touch- oh. Oh, five touchdowns. Oh, that's too much math. Yeah, well, I'm trying to do one touchdown to five touchdowns, <laughs> and I, I can't. I can't quite figure out what the what the math is. Here. Is what she's saying somewhere yeah. six to thirty six. Yeah, yeah, okay. six to thirty. Thank you, thank you very much for that one. That's kind of what I'm doing it because I think New South Wales will score early, and then Queensland will be like, huh, "That was cute," or Queensland will get so far up that they might just kind of like New South Wales would just be able to sneak one in. So I, I see them getting at least one touchdown, but I do see Queensland running away with this one. By a big margin. All right. Interesting. Red, where are you at? Are we going to see a 50 something score line? Is that, po- I mean, I want to break this curse. It'd be nice just to close the gap just slightly. Yes. Yeah. Closing the gap would be nice. I think we have a bit more in us. Um, it'll come down to the schemes, I think, that, that we're running on the day, but I think that we're going to see somewhere around the 40. I'm, I'm kind of similar to you, Alex. I think that maybe. I don't know. I'm coming off someone who's gotten beat by Queensland a bunch of times, so I'm probably always going to think that they're going to whoop you. But I think that uh, New South Wales might need a little bit of um, a game under their belt to see how things are going. Just from knowing so many of the players on Queensland, I think they're really going to come out firing. Um, I, I definitely would not be upset if I saw New South Wales come out and win, so please Take that as your invitation, New South Wales. Um, but I think it's going to be like 40. I'd say we get on the board twice. I, I like what we have on offense with New South Wales. And I think if we can get on the board twice, then that really is keeping you in the game for the next two games coming up. And that's something you can work with. So I think that, yeah, um, no shutouts anywhere. 
two scores for New South Wales, maybe about five touchdowns for for Queensland. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, look, I have to go the opposite way because there's only three people on the panel tonight and I've made myself this person. So I'm going to go that New South Wales come out with it and only if they score first. Like they Mm -hmm. have to score first in order to win because the, you know, the psychology behind, like Red has said, you know, we've come from a traumatizing experience of losing to Queensland for the last 10 years. And so some of us old heads are a little bit jaded and I'd really like New South Wales to kind of fix that. But they have to score first because Queensland will come out and punch you in the mouth. They will. Mm you know and, and like alex said you know and it's not just because um it's not just because of the talent that they have it's it's the way queensland win you know they beat you to a bloody bloody pulp so if you can score first and you kind of get that you know that psychological upper hand a little bit and then just maintain as much as you can i think that we could see a slightly lower scoring game because i do think that there is a bit of matchy matchy when we come to certain areas of both teams and i think it's you know in, like i said in a perfect world it comes down to a 21 all draw and then a score of kick a kick return or something like that just to seal it so that's where i'm going i'm going 21 i'm gonna i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna lay it out there i'm just gonna go with my prediction and go 21 all until a kick return i love that wales to jordan yeah. I, I yeah. honestly, we could keep it a low scoring game. I think that would be so, I know everybody gets excited by touchdowns and scores and all that sort of stuff, but the most exciting thing to me would be such a competitive game in this. Um, I feel like we've talked Queensland up so much. I really don't want the New South Wales girls to listen to this and then think that like, we don't think you have a hope in hell. Oh no, you guys I can do it for sure. Think, I definitely think that there's some big plays to be made on the weekend, and I and I really think these New South Wales girls. Because the other thing is, they a lot of them haven't played Queensland before. Yeah, right. So that's actually a benefit in its own right. Um, and it's the, the unknown. That, it's the unknown with New South Wales. And they're unknown you know? too. Queensland doesn't know half of these girls. Yeah. So true. and like you said, you know, you're so used to seeing whole like all of those Queensland names together that you know I, I think that you know the variability of New South Wales could be an advantage. That's for sure. Yeah. And like when you look at the there's there's a lot of athletes on the New South Wales side. So I definitely think that they've got it. My prediction doesn't mean shit. Neither does any of our predictions, really. So I don't. Hey, want I'm any... pretty good at this, so I don't know. <laughs> You're pretty good, yeah. <laughs> like, to be honest, like I don't want like this is just a podcast, right? So I don't want anyone walking away feeling like um, we like our opinions mean anything in the end. Yeah, take this with a grain of salt. Coming from you know yeah. two people that have just been beaten the crap out of by New South uh, yeah. by by Queensland. Okay. Now we're a little bit jaded, um, so please. You know, change our minds. Show us, show us why New South Wales can oh, win yeah. a state championship. You know, and, and I think now that we've got the great leveler that was COVID, and you know, Queensland hasn't been back in so many years, we do have this advantage. So I really hope that the New South Wales girls come together and really play as a team because that's what it's all about. That's what state football is, and that's why it's different, and that's why it's I, special. I think the other thing we're forgetting is. Darren is an amazing coach and he's been around for so long as well. Um, so he knows how to bring a team together. True. So him in New South Wales corner, like that's something that Queensland aren't used to either. True. Very true. All right. That's it for tonight, you guys. Great chat as always. 
Good news for the people listening at home. You'll get to hear more from myself and Red, uh, as she said earlier, that we are making our debut into national commentary. I mean, not my debut. I did a little while ago, but for Red, and again, I don't really know what I'm doing, so it's going to be fun. Um, I'm not nervous at all. And look, Red, I was trying to come up with like some cool like nickname for us as a commentary pair, like the tripod team, because, you know, between us, our legs are good as a dodgy tripod. But then I was like, that sounds kind of dirty. But I'm excited to make the call with you this weekend. That's for sure. And Alex, you will be back as our analyst for the rest of this series, which is super exciting. And we're going to be making a little trip up to Brisbane for game two. So that's a fun little work trip for us and everyone else. It's going to be a- my goal for you guys is to get another butter into the broadcast as best as you can. Another butter? Yeah, another butter. It's like a little, like little peanut butter cookie thing. You want to snack. say another butter? Just, have you not? You know, you've never had the thing where someone gives you a word to say in a broadcast. You got to sneak oh, in. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. That's what I'm telling you. You got to sneak another butter into your broadcast somewhere. All right, Please, I can see that. Butter. I don't think it sounds as cool with my accent. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's, it's all right. I'll channel my inner Alex and be like, Nutter yeah, yeah, butter. Just go Nutter butter. Just Nutter butter. Nutter, bu- nutter <laughs> butter. If somebody gets kicked in the Nutter butter, I will yeah, definitely. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right, guys, if you are new uh, to this series, throughout this podcast, we're going to be discussing all things women's gridiron from the players, coaches, teams to the strategies, the tactics, and the history of the sport. We're going to be bringing you exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in the game, as well as analysts, uh, analysts, analysis, and insights from our team of experts. So whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, the Women in Gridiron podcast is the place to be. Make sure you tune in each week to stay up with, to date with the latest news and developments from the world of women's gridiron. Catch you all next time.